Hey everyone, Don here. Welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Tonight I've got David from the Cincinnati area on with me. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me, Don. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Well, no, no problem, and I'm glad to have you here. And and we'll talk about. Uh, I'm really glad to have you here, and we'll talk about why in a, in in a couple minutes. Um, so, how long have you been an official, David? Uh, football specifically, I have uh, eight years under my belt. Um, basketball season is uh, uh, going right now, and I'm in my eighth year doing that. Um, and then in my past, I have also done a little bit of baseball, softball, and volleyball. So pretty well-rounded, but uh, right now, uh, I would say just in my eighth year for football and basketball. All right, great. What what got you into officiating? Uh, well, I guess technically, if you want to go before my pre-certified days, uh, my dad and I would umpire some uh, local travel select baseball games. Um, and before that, our only experience was with knot hole. If you're familiar with the term knot hole baseball, it's uh, it's quite a different animal than, uh, than select ball. So, uh, once we got I, to do the I actually don't stuff. know what not whole baseball is. Why don't you tell me what it is? Okay. Uh, it's basically like a, a lower level uh, of baseball, just your, your neighborhood kids, not like uh, they don't have any sort of special talent. They're not trying to travel all over the place to play tournaments and stuff like that. It's just a community thing. So, um, so okay. it's a lower level and, and umpiring it can kind of get uh, mundane, if you will. And so sure. we weren't exactly turned on. To officiating at that point, but uh, once we did the travel ball, we really started to like the organization and the, and the talent around the sport. So we decided to get certified in baseball first in 2011, um, and then we liked that so much we got certified in football uh, that summer, and then we liked that so much that we got certified in basketball right after that. So that's kind of how I got started. Now right. with college foot with college football specifically, uh, my dad had met somebody randomly at a, a local high school game. Um, and his name is Bill Ellis. He's actually a replay official in the NFL now. Um, and he got to talking about how to get started in college and how there's local study groups and, and all that stuff. And that happened about 2015. Sure. And uh, went from there. Well, excellent. Excellent. What, what position uh, are you as an official? I am a back judge uh, on Fridays and Saturdays. Okay, very good. And what level what level do you do on Saturdays? I work division two and division three. Okay. At, at the moment. Trying to uh hopefully work my way up this off season. We'll see what happens. Of course. Of course. Well good. Well well, well ho- ho- hopefully that works for you and, and you're able to move up. Uh, I'm sure with uh I'm I'm sure you've got the talent and the drive to get there. So it's just a matter of, of hoping it works out for you. So good luck with that. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. So what do you uh, what do you do as your day job? So my nine to five, so to speak, although this time of year it's more like seven to six. Sure. <laughs> is uh, is at a I work at a CPA firm. I'll say that I'm not designated with the, the CPA letters myself, but um, I'm going into well, I'm in my ninth tax season now, so I've had uh, plenty of experience around the uh, public accounting world. So sure. That's what I've been doing. I went to college for it and uh, graduated in 2011, and I've been doing it ever since. Okay, excellent. And so, one of the reasons I wanted to have you come on is is due to your your financial experience. Um, you've put together a service called Zebra Books, which is financial services oriented towards officials. 
Um, you've got the experience, the, the financial experience, and you have the officiating experience. So you know, you know both sides of it. So why don't you talk a little bit about about the services you offer there? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so yeah, like you said, um, with my experience in, in the last eight or nine years with both uh, taxes, tax reporting, bookkeeping, and officiating, um, I've, I've come across a lot of partners and a lot of people uh, in officiating who are unfamiliar uh, with how to report their income and expenses on their tax return. Um, and it got, uh, it got to be even more so once arbiter pay became a thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if you're not familiar, well, I know you are, Don, but just for those listeners uh, that aren't familiar with how it works, pretty much the schools pay arbiter pay, and then arbiter pay relays that money to you, and then you have to physically send it to your bank account. So now it looks like all of the money is coming from one place. So right. you have to get a 1099 from that place uh, if it's over $600. So every 1099 that is ever filed, uh, the IRS gets a copy of it. So they automatically have income tied to your social security number. And so they know that you made that money. They just want to see it somewhere on your tax return. Sure. And, uh, and so that's, that's the nature of um, the spike recently in, in needing assistance with this and, and a big reason why I started my business, Zebra Books. So, so yeah. I want I, I to I hone in on that just a little because I, I, I want to pick apart that part about Arbiter Pay just a little because I, I, I think it's really important to emphasize what you just said. Um, I do lacrosse, soccer, and football officiating from three different associations. So three different organizations are paying me. And in the past, the associations paid the officials. We've actually moved now to where some of the schools are paying arbiter pay and some of the schools are paying the association, which pays arbiter pay. So let's say I've got just the three, just one association for football, one association for lacrosse and one association for soccer. I didn't do a lot of work this year in, in all three. I, I only worked a minimum number of games. So I actually didn't make more than $600 from each one. Um, so that's three different entities I made less than $600 from. People with a, 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 a baseline knowledge of taxes knows that, okay, I'm, there's not going to be a 1099 for that. What you're saying is arbiter pay is the one paying the official. So even though it came from three different associations, because it came through Arbiter Pay, there's going to be one 1099 for all of those payments. And then, then it would be more than $600. Is that, is that a fair summary of that? That's exactly correct, Don. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a little different than things are done up here in uh, sure. Cincinnati and Northern sure. Kentucky. Um, the, the money doesn't go through the association first. So, you know, at most you might work um, three games for a school uh, and get a couple hundred dollars, um, and you'll never, for the most part, hit $600 for any school. But since they're all sending it through Arbiter Pay, Arbiter Pay then has to file that 1099 with you saying that they paid you themselves over $600. Right. So, yep, you, you nailed it. Okay, great. And, and that's, that's perfect because that's actually two very distinct examples of, of where you could get tripped up if you're thinking, I never got paid $600 from more than one place, so I'm good. Um, just, just clarify the tax law around that. There's not going to be a 1099 created, but sh- 
do I have, am I obligated by the IRS to claim that income? Let's say I just had a, a payment source less than $600. Am I obligated by the IRS to claim that as well? Yes, um, technically you are obligated uh, to claim okay. every dollar that you make. Um, obviously, there's there's less of a chance for it to be tracked, you know, if you don't have a 1099 with your Social Security number out there. Right. Um, or if you're getting a, a bunch of cash payments uh, or checks or something like that. So I just wanted to clarify yeah, the law on that because I, I've heard it a couple different ways. So I wanted to clarify for everybody that the law is wherever you get money from, you've, you're supposed by law, you're supposed to claim it. Um, it's a question of whether it gets reported on 1099 or not. That's correct. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, what, ten, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say the 1099 just makes it a little easier for them to see. So it makes it a little more pressing for uh, for us to file our income and expenses because of it. So. Sure, sure. So let's talk about some of the um, some of the expenses and, and some of the things we can claim um, to bring down our tax burden as officials. So the, the, the easy one, I think, is uh, uniforms that we have to buy. So uniforms, which includes shoes, probably. Um, all of that can be part of what we claim as work expenses, correct? That's right. Yes. Anything that is directly attributable uh, to your officiating endeavor, endeavors um, is something that you can use to write off your income um, to, uh, to lower your self-employment tax. Uh, so the, the two words that the IRS uses uh, are ordinary and necessary. Okay. So, yeah, buying a pair of shoes is definitely ordinary. For, uh, for any sport that you officiate, and it's absolutely necessary. You can't go out there in your, uh, in your work boots and, <laughs> and, uh, and work the game. So uh, absolutely, it doesn't matter what part of your uniform that you're buying. It's all uh, deductible, so to speak. That, that, that's actually very interesting. I, I, feel, I, I feel myself going into a rabbit hole that I'm just going to back off from because uh, around that term <laughs> ordinary, because I'm like, okay, so if I wanted a gold-plated whistle, that's not ordinary, so I probably and it's probably not necessary. So that right, the whistle claim. is, but not the gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very yeah, good. that's a little extravagant. So I, I, I'm sure the big one when it comes to what what we can claim as expenses is travel. Um, travel meaning our, our drives to our games. So what what advice do you have around that? Uh, you're exactly right on that too, Don. Yeah, mileage is absolutely the biggest deduction that we have on our on our tax returns. Um, I think in 2019 the rate is 58 cents per mile. Uh, so every mile that you log and uh, that you drive, that's for business uh, during the year, you will get 58 cents worth of an expense to come off of your uh, taxable income. So what I mean by uh, driving for work is anything that's not commuting or personal mileage. So obviously you wouldn't be able to deduct, you know, driving from home to work in the morning. But once you get to work, set your tripometer or uh, get your log out and write down your your, your uh, starting odometer number. And uh, once you get back in your car and drive to your game, all of that mileage is deductible. And then once you leave your game to go home, all of that mileage is also deductible. So... Okay. Okay. What? Yeah. So, so a couple of questions around that. Let's say I don't have a full-time 40 hour week job um, that I have a quote commute for. 
does that affect at all uh, my mileage to games? Can they consider that commuting at all? Actually, that might help. That might work in your favor um, if that was your situation, because then you would be able to deduct driving from home to the game site. Sure. So uh, normally, and depending on where you work, something like for me, I have to go 20 minutes south, and then all of my games are back across the river. So, <laughs> um, so that actually helps me in that case. But yeah, anytime you're driving to a game site, or from game site to game site, or from game site home. You should absolutely record that mileage and report it on your tax return. Okay. The, the, the second question that comes up along those lines then is we, we get our game fees, but also usually uh, once a night for wherever we're going, there's usually a trip fee as well. Does that mess up the ability for me to claim mileage? So you get uh, reimbursed for... I don't get I don't get specific mileage. I get a twenty dollar trip fee. We'll call it. I, I got to look up the exact terminology, but I believe that's the terminology is a is a twenty dollar trip fee. Okay. Uh, so yes, technically you have to report that as income, just as you would your game fee. And then, so since you're reporting that as income, you can still deduct the mileage um, that you worked. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely it, would come it's across. Either both or neither. Right. It would definitely come across on the income um, because it's just all part of the same payment system. So you're saying as long as as long as it's in that as long as it gets reported as income, it can get reported as as an expense as well. That's exactly right. Yeah. OK. OK. Great. Great. Are, are there any other piece of advice you have as far as um, as far as deductions? Yeah, uh, so we covered two of the big ones. You have uniforms, um, and you have your mileage. Uh, and like I, I touched on before, uh, in, technically in order for your mileage to be deductible, you need to have a travel log in your car. Uh, there's also apps that can help you um, record your mileage during the year and help you add it all up. You just got to remember to turn it on and press the button when you're supposed to. <laughs> right. So um, but yeah, technically, they, they if they were to ever look into um, one of your returns uh, and they want to qualify the expenses that you're reporting, that's one thing they're going to look for is a written log of your mileage. So that's that's some of the biggest advice I could give you right there. So let me, in, in let, me, let, of, me, let me let me let me drill in on that just a bit because I, I, sure. I I'm sure that the 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 really um, studious uh, I, the uh, the words escaping me but the real meticulous ones uh, of us are, probably do keep that sort of log. Let's, I don't have that sort of log. I'll flat out say it. And if the IRS is listening, <laughs> that's fine. Um, maybe after this podcast, you will. We'll see. <laughs> maybe after this podcast, I will. So I, I don't have a log, but they come back to me and they say, we want a log. Is there any harm in me going into Arbiter, looking at all the game sites I worked and just working out the mileage from my house to, to the game site or, from my job to the game site? So I will say that I have uh, spoken with one official that has been audited by the IRS. Sure. Um, and it wasn't because of officiating reporting or anything like that. He had a, another business, a, a buy and sell and trade business on the side that it was getting looked at. And so they looked at the whole return and they saw the officiating. <clears throat> um, I will say that this, that's what that person tried to do is show them the game log 
mm-hmm. but they were they weren't actually allowing it because they have to have some sort of actual proof that they were at that location. I, I can't really tell you what that has to be. Yeah, they they really want to see something that's maintained during during the taxable year in which you're reporting. Okay. To be able to allow that. Okay, that that that's perfectly reasonable. That's perfectly reasonable. So, uh, uh, that that if there that's a huge takeaway for everybody because I I would almost bet that not a lot of people are keeping that mileage log. So, okay, great. Thank you for that. So, what what else do you have advice wise as far as uh, deductions? Okay, so yeah, we've touched on uniform and mileage and how to uh, track it. Um, some of the other things that you can claim as expenses off of your taxable officiating income would be like your local association dues, uh, your state dues, um, what we would report as um, further education, such as going to clinics sure, or going to training sessions, um, even going to your local study groups or anything like that. If you have that set up, you can deduct that mileage because you're doing it specifically for officiating. Sure. Some other things that I can think of that I report uh, I have a subscription to Referee Magazine in there, um, which is ordinary and necessary. I would never have that subscription if I wasn't an official. So sure. <laughs> that definitely counts. Um, anytime you buy, like I'll buy um, an eight-pack of Powerade Zeros and, and some granola bars and some uh, protein bars and stuff like that that I'm buying specifically for officiating. Um, as long as you keep track of it, then that's a deductible expense as well. Okay. You just the the biggest thing to do with all of that kind of like the mileage they want to see proof. You got to keep your receipts. Absolutely got to keep your receipts. And um, I'll give a shout out to Rule Eleven uh, podcast here. Um, they had a, a CPA on their show, and um, and he was talking about even if you forgot to keep the receipt or you misplaced it or something like that, just write on a piece of paper. Um, you know, hey, 11, 12, 19, I was at um, this place and I bought this thing and it cost this much. If they, if you have that in your records, if the IRS ever looks at it, then they will count that as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember listening to that podcast. I, I, I'd forgotten that specific point. So uh, that I, I appreciate yeah. you bringing that up. That's a good one. Yep. So that's uh, that's the majority of things that are deductible at the 100% level, meaning you can take the full uh, cost of it off of your income. Sure. Uh, there's another there's another deduction that I'm sure um, hits every official out there, and that's meals. It used to be called meals and entertainment, but uh, in 2019 they disallowed the entertainment part of it. So anytime you're you're going out after a Friday night, you're going to Applebee's and uh, getting some chicken wings, stuff like that, that's all deductible at 50%, assuming that you talked about officiating for at least half of uh, half of the meeting or, or half of the time that you were at that location. Sure. Okay. So yeah, I can that, think of off the top of my head. Right. No, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, very good. What When, when people come to you um, looking for your help, as one of your services, what, what different services do you provide as far as what, what do you see as far as um, are there any recurring themes that come up from the different people who you talk to? Uh, well, to start with the, the types of services, obviously in tax preparation, that's big this time of year. 
Um, I just wrapped up the uh, tax projection season, and I helped out uh, my best friend, Matt, uh, by projecting out on, based on his final pay stub um, and a couple other documents that I have. I was able to tell him, you know, within a reasonable amount if, if he was going to owe or have a refund. He was nervous that he was going to owe, and sure. I looked into it and uh, and ended up telling him he was going to get a refund. So. That's one of the services I offer, but the, the last uh, time that you can pay in for the tax year is uh, January 15th. So that service won't, uh, won't be available until uh, later. But I sure. also do what's, uh, what's called bookkeeping, mm-hmm. and that's where my passion is at. You know, I've done a lot of tax returns and stuff in my day, but um, my, my bookkeeping clients are my favorite, and I love the organization. I love the use of QuickBooks. I have QuickBooks 2020 on my laptop ready to go with a couple clients already. Uh, basically, what it entails is ideally you would have your own bank account for officiating. So all of your income goes through that bank account and all of your expenses would come out of that bank account. Mm-hmm. I would have that bank account uh, set up online, uh, directly connected with my QuickBooks so that I can track the activity uh, at any time during the year. and and tell my client, you know, what they're at. If they're in the green, if they're in the red, if they're breaking even, um, stuff like that. So it, it wouldn't be required. Uh, they okay. would just have to communicate with me a little bit more so that I know which transactions uh, in that account are personal in nature and which ones are associated with officiating. I see. I see. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, keeping track of everything is, is a vital part. We, we talked about logging uh, miles, logging expenses. I know when I was going through our um, rookie clinic that our association has, we had somebody come in almost every week who talks about the basics and almost every week he would start with, this is a business. So take care of your business. This is not a hobby. This is not, something you do just for fun. This is actually a business. It's something you get paid for. So take care of it that way. Um, and he was talking about taxes. He was talking about a lot of different things. Um, and, and keeping track of these items that we're talking about is, is certainly a part of that. Yeah. I love the way that sounds. Yeah, absolutely. It is a business. Um, and it's reported as such to the government. So <laughs> definitely have to look at it that way. Yeah. So, so let's get back on the officiating side of it. Um, do, do normally when, when I talk to people, I, I'll ask, are there any um, plays you had in, in the past couple of seasons that were a little odd or, or were good teaching plays? What, what have you seen? Yeah, I got a couple um, in mind that I can share. So as, as we've already discussed, I work football currently at uh, the high school and college level. And there are rules differences, quite a few of them, between the two different levels. Sure. I was fortunate enough enough to get my first varsity white hat assignment earlier this year. And there wasn't much scoring in this game per se, but after one of the touchdowns, uh, there was an extra point. And as soon as the holder received the snap, he pitched it from his knee. And on Saturdays, that's a live ball. The play continues, but on Friday, the play doesn't continue. So 
Uh, I was in doubt, obviously, at the uh, in the heat of the moment, so I let it go, and it didn't affect the game because the kid got tackled right away. The defense was not fooled. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but that's that's definitely a learning play, one that you don't see often, one that you want to be prepared for. Uh, as a white hat, if it does happen, you want to be able to shut that down because uh, if that kicker gets hurt on that tackle, obviously I would feel extremely guilty for not shutting it down. So. Sure, sure. Um, there's also uh, another rules difference that happened to me last year. Um, like I said, I, I worked back judge and it was third and uh, I want to say about 15, third and long. Mm-hmm. And my key and tight end runs a drag route um, right up the middle. And the quarterback throws it to him. He's looking back at the ball. And as soon as he gets, gets hands, well, right before he gets his hands on it, I'm watching the strong safety and he's got a brick in his hand for sure. He's speeding up, and he's getting ready to level this guy. So in my head, I'm like, don't do it, don't do it. Sure. And and he, he blew the guy up. You know, it was uh, it was with his shoulder, and it was in the chest. But the the kid went down, the tight end went down, and he was injured. The ball went flying and everything. Uh, on Saturdays, since it was with his shoulder and it was in the chest, it, was a, it would be a clean hit. But after thinking about it for a few seconds, this one I did know. This one I did have uh, in the back of my head. And uh, I knew that that was a, a personal foul for unnecessary roughness. So I dropped the flag a few seconds late, but it was the right call. And I'm glad that uh, I was ready for that one. But you, you hate to see that kind of thing. It's something you wish you could step up in front of the kid and grab him by you know, the shoulder pads. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, obviously you can't. So. Well, cool. No, th- th- those are good. And, and actually, um, the NFHS just came out with a release today talking about the rules changes for the upcoming year. Um, so that's something we'll have on a future podcast, but there's nothing really all that uh, big about it. It's, it's minor, cha- minor tweaks to the play clock and a minor tweak to, um, to disconcerting signals by the defense. And then a, a minor yep. tweak to, um, intentional grounding. You can now intentionally, you can now, um, spike a ball from shotgun and that's legal now. Yeah. So, it's so always those, nice when you start to see the the rule set start to align there. Right. Uh, it just makes it a little bit easier for everyone. So. It sure does. So so those rule changes are great. Well, like I said, we'll have a podcast on that in the future on on going over all of them. Doesn't look like there's going to be a lot to talk about, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll make we'll make enough of it. So, um, so that's great. So, do you have any other um, comments or, or or advice for officials in general? Well, I want to mention that uh, Zebra Books uh, has clients from all across the country. Currently, I I have a tax client in uh, Colorado, and I also have a a tax client uh, in the Boston area that I landed. Um, There's a a way to book an appointment on my website, zebrabooksllc.com. Um, and it can just be a phone interview. Just just pick a time, or you can just call me directly without setting an appointment, and uh, I'll answer if I have time. But uh, since I, I did mention that I'm from the Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky area, but I just wanted it to be known to the listeners that I can help you all across the country. I also provide a bookkeeping service uh, that I did not see coming when I started this company right away uh, sure. for assigners. Wow. Okay. And yeah, that's something I've actually landed a couple clients doing that so far. Um, and it makes sense now that I look at it based on the volume of transactions that would come through uh, just on a monthly basis uh, versus just your uh, typical individual official. 
So um, one of the assigners that I currently do work for assigns for four or five different sports, and I'm able to track all of their activity uh, directly from their bank account in my QuickBooks software, and I can organize it however they want to see it at any given time, whether that's per sport, uh, per event, you know, per day, per week, per month, uh, anything that they need to see to perhaps uh, better their process or uh, just to evaluate where they're at um, is, is something that I can provide for assigners as well, not just individual officials. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. I think I want to throw one more service out there. It was actually the, the first service that I did through Zebra Books mm-hmm. um, that I brought some revenue in for. Uh, I, I call it my uh, professional services. Sure. And what I did for, for this uh, gentleman specifically was I drafted a resume uh, for him to apply to uh, Honigs to um, to a, a pretty prestigious college football clinic. Uh, he uh, he came to me with you know kind of stuff that he's done at the sub varsity level and stuff that he's done at the high school level, and uh, gave me a bunch of bullet points to work with, and I uh, I organized it into a very presentable document for him. Uh, within a, a matter of days, and uh, he was able to submit that and uh, get his application accepted into it. So um, I, I, this uh, podcast is primarily kind of geared towards high school officials, and, and I encourage uh, anyone out there listening that, that has the bug or ha- has the itch for officiating uh, to try to pursue the next level if, if the resources allow it because um, numbers are dwindling everywhere at every level, sure. as you know. And uh, the, the more, you know, newer and younger officials that we can get um, and that we can keep the passion for doing it, the better. And uh, I want to be uh, a resource out there uh, for anybody that's in that position or that has any questions. Um, so I'm glad that uh, that you called me and, and that Andy uh, Hamilton was able to hook us up and, and have this podcast so I could reach out and uh and get my information out. There. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and again, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and sharing your advice. So um, I'm sure a lot of officials are going to be uh, taking that advice and everybody's going to be starting logs this year. So. <laughs> yeah, please. Yes. If, if there's one thing that I could, that I could emphasize, that's our biggest uh, deduction for officiating. And, and I don't want us to, to get that disallowed if you're ever in a situation with the government. So. Sure. So where, where can people find your services? Okay. Uh, I have a website that my, my buddy Matt uh, helped me develop. Thank you, mm-hmm. Matt Cook. It's an awesome website. Um, it's zebrabooksllc.com. And you can also reach out to me um, through email at zebra underscore books at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. Zebra Books LLC, and uh, I'm not even afraid to throw my uh, my cell phone number out there so that um, anybody can call me with questions for taxes or officiating. It's five one three two nine zero three five one seven. You can get a hold of me through any one of those avenues. I'll get back to you pretty quickly. As I mentioned earlier, I've worked at a CPA firm. This is my ninth tax season. Um, I don't have the credentials myself, but um, I worked uh, at Stiff, Wimstat, and Associates in Florence, Kentucky, and uh, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for their uh, flexibility and understanding. Sure. Uh, right now, right now, Zebra Books is specifically catered towards uh, officials 
and very small businesses uh, that can't really afford a full-blown CPA or, or professional um, firm to uh, handle their tax or bookkeeping uh, matters. So um, even if you if you have something that might be a little bit larger than I could handle or something maybe a little bit more detailed uh, or maybe you just want some, you know, a CPA or a partner to review uh, the stuff that I prepare, then I recommend going through uh, Whitney Stiff and Stiff Limsat and Associates uh, to handle that matter for you. Okay, cool. Do they have a website? Uh, yes. I would have to um, actually look up what it is. I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. That's not an issue at all. Okay, great. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you to them as well for, for, for helping out. And, and we appreciate them as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, whenever you work at a plate, a CPA firm or anything a similar in nature, you sign what's called a, a non-compete clause. Uh, so I don't want to, uh, I don't want to have them thinking that I'm out there just grabbing every client I can for myself. I want to, uh, I want to be able to give back to them and, and show my gratitude for what they've allowed me to do uh, with Zebra books. Sure. Well, great. That, that, that's great, David. And I, I appreciate you, uh, you offering all that up and, and offering these services. It, it's absolutely something that, that a lot of people need. And, and some of the advice you shared, I think, uh, will come across as, as a surprise to a lot of people. So hopefully we, we can save uh, people from getting into any sort of trouble with, with the government. So um, I appreciate your time today. All right, not a problem, Don. Thanks for having me, and I uh, look forward to uh, listening to the rest of the episodes that you have. Well, thank you. You have a great evening. Okay, Don. Thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.